now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. And formerly with AOPA, Tom Haynes. We have him. Uh, in Legend Tom. What was it we were calling him a couple weeks He's ago? He's the living legend. The living legend Tom Haynes. Yes. Uh, we no. we, we got to shorten that. Uh, legend Tom Haynes. I don't know. That's we, okay. We, we just honor, need to honorable bow. Honorable is okay. Honorable Tom Haynes. Yeah. Or, <laughs> he has your, an your, award. Your, your, highness, your highness is fine, too. Okay. The well, see, is recommended, right? He, right he's right, modest, right. like the rest of our crew <laughs> and most uh, pilots. Uh, so God bless him. But we're glad he's aboard to kind of you know raise the bar a little bit for our crew here on Just Plane Radio as we navigate the latest aviation news and information and talk about balloons and UFOs. We got to get this out of the way. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago about the UFO sightings had upticked uh, quite dramatically. And I'd heard some ATC chatter. This was right before all the balloon news hit the mainstream media. But there were a couple flights uh, going from from out west, like California to Texas or, you know, going from west to east across the, the middle of the U.S. And I think it was two Delta flights and a United flight. And uh, you can pull this up on YouTube, and the ATC video was like, hey, these these uh, commercial pilots are reporting about UFO sightings, and they talk about, they kind of chuckle about it. It was like late night flights, like overnight flights. And uh, the first plane comes through and says, hey, uh, ATC, we are uh, seeing some lights in the sky above our altitude. Do you got any uh, luck on them? And and, of course, they start chattering back and forth. And they kind of giggle, like, well, I don't really want to report this, but there's something going on. We don't know what the heck it is. You know, and, and they go back and forth. And the next flight comes through the area. ATC reaches out to them, says that, hey, the flight before you guys uh, through the same path uh, saw some lights. You see some lights? And they're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> And he didn't want to talk about it much either, but he did. And they, you know, and it went on for like three different pilots, uh, commercial flights. And it it was kind of uh, interesting to hear this chatter going back and forth between ATC and these commercial flights, thinking like, hey, these guys are definitely seeing something. And, uh, you know, they, they don't want to say it's little green men. And they even joke about that at one point, actually. But, you know, like a week later, all of a sudden, these uh, balloon reports from China start showing up on the news, and you know, and, and people start connecting the dots. And if you look back, uh, I guess the government even, you know, mentioned this a few weeks ago as well. The last six months of 2022, or, or last year, they had more UAP sightings, like like crazy amount more than they had like 20 years before. Did you guys know? Did you know that, Dennis? Did you hear I about did those see numbers? those stats? As, yes, I did. So we were yeah. thinking it was an alien invasion was taking place. That's what was going well, on. The White House online. has assured us that it's not alien activities. Oh, right. That's what they want us to believe. 
<laughs> Unless people are finding a new way to cross the border and using a balloon to get across instead of jumping the wall. Well, I, I don't know. But, but the thing is, the pilots have been seeing a lot more, have been having a lot more sightings uh, the last year or so. Now, it appears that obviously it could be these balloons, and there has been a lot more of them than, than we had any idea and, uh, you know, I, the reason I want to talk about this is because, you know, pilots, we're on the front line of this stuff. We're going to see these things before anyone down on the ground. Uh, right, Tom? I mean, have you had uh, any of your pilot friends say, hey, man, you see that uh, that flying saucer last week over Texas? <laughs> I mean, have you gotten those calls when you're working back at AOPA or just private conversations over a, over a cocktail when you're not flying or what? Well, certainly unusual things in the air that sometimes they couldn't couldn't explain. On, on the other hand, I've also many times over the years had balloons, you know, like party balloons go sailing by the airplane. And the Mylar ones in particular, I always wondered if, if radar could pick those up. Those are pretty small, obviously, certainly compared to the Chinese one that went over the whole, co- whole country a few weeks ago. Yeah. But um, on the other hand, you also have to keep in mind that the pilots, airline pilots, do have a sense of humor, right? Mm. They, know, they know this is all being recorded. Right. And, and so, you know, it could be they're playing along here a little bit with some of those communications to say, you know, making you think that they're feeling that they're seeing things that perhaps they're not or playing along that sort of thing, too. Hmm. Not, to, not to shoot holes in your balloon, of course, or anything like that. Well, but, uh, well. Just saying. Okay. All right. But I, I, I don't know. It depends on uh, who you listen to, the conspiracy uh, theorist folks online or the government. And they're right. both equally credible. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, you know that's the problem. I did say it was pretty phenomenal the other night when I was watching one of the networks and the anchor did say what, what Dennis just said was, you know, you know, and uh, we've been assured that this is not uh, any sort of alien force coming to this planet and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, where are we that we're actually having this conversation <laughs> where they're having to say that we're not being invaded? And how weird would it be, you know, sometime soon, given all these sightings, that maybe they're saying, well, guess what? We were wrong. They really were invading us and they're here. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, and if been it, here. Well, yeah. if it was actually going to happen, you know, that's what the government would say initially anyway. Of course. They're going to yes. try to calm our nerves and say, oh, no, yes. there's no aliens. There's nothing. And no, of course, remember I, Broswell, it was a weather balloon, right? Yeah. Uh, so, right. Right. yeah. so they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, is this uh, the beginning of the end? I don't know. But <laughs> I wanted to throw it out there because, <laughs> you know, pilots. Uh, once again, they're going to be the first ones to see this stuff. So they're on the front line of reporting these things back. I mean, the first one they said was out of airspace, you know, 60,000 and above, not a threat to, you know, aviation. Uh, but these uh, other ones that they shot down earlier in the week uh, were going down to 20,000, 40,000 feet, which obviously is serious commercial traffic uh, areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you got to avoid those, even though they're balloons. I mean, I don't know. I was joking about this kind of halfway last week, even if it was a small balloon. I mean, would a, a plane, a commercial plane really have an issue with something like that? If they it would just pop it, wouldn't it, uh, Tom? Or you just don't want to hit that at all? What do you think? You know, like a party balloon gets sucked into a turbine engine. Probably not Not a lot's going to happen. But a weather balloon, which is significant and has a payload on it, ah, um, could, yeah. could, could certainly... Uh, be a problem and you know they do launch uh, some i heard the other day 220 um uh weather balloons per day just in the united states hmm. and of course we all benefit that from from wind forecasts and wind readings and that that sort of thing so um anyhow it's not unusual on the other hand it's also a very large country with a lot of airspace 
And, you know, the big sky theory kind of comes into play here, too. The the, the chances of, of an airplane actually hitting one is, is really pretty remote. But it's also remarkable that they don't really talk to anybody. All these balloons do get launched on a regular basis, literally daily. And they don't have to report that. They're mostly launched from kind of the same places every day. So yeah. people in those area kind of know that, oh, they're probably going to launch the balloon at 6 a.m. today or whatever. But um, you would think that it would be a little more strategically um, shared, right? So that people would know when these things are going up. But, you know, I've watched a lot of Tom Cruise movies. And uh, the other issue, I, I kind of wonder when they said they, they had to shoot down the uh, the China, China balloon, right? Uh, why, why didn't they just take a couple fighters uh, with a cord between them and just tie that thing in and not drag it to wherever the hell they wanted to go? I mean, well, come that- on. That that particular balloon at the time, though, was well above normal fighter uh, altitudes. I think it was up around 60,000 feet because I thought mm-hmm. the same thing. We put a $500,000 uh, sp- you know, AIM-9 Sidewinder missile through a balloon right? when a couple of shots from a fifty cal would have probably done the same thing. I would think so. I mean, and, you know, and a lot more cost effective. I, uh, you know, is <laughs> this going to be the plot, uh, you know, theme for, for Maverick 2? <laughs> you know. I mean, because uh, well, surely Tom Cruise is getting older. So, you know, maybe maybe things have to slow down to accommodate, you know, his. Well, his, you know, they'll probably migrate their role to Rooster now, you know. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Rooster's maybe. going for weather balloons where, where Maverick was going for uh, top secret nuclear installations. Okay, right, that, right. there you go. And he's going to use a lasso, some kind of other evasive type of way to wrangle in these uh, crazy balloons. All right, more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Gators approach the great and powerful Ross. Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Swirlings, the great and powerful Ross knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201. Swirlings, the magnificent Ross has every intention of granting your request. Great. But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus Vision Jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing. I think I'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty. Oh, okay, you got me. Uh, just a man behind the curtain with a aircraft spruce catalog. Pretty cool, though, huh? You don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane. You need Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years. Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Call 877-4-SPRUCE. 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraftspruce.com. That's aircraftspruce.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. with Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I'm getting pretty good just trying to figure out these landings. Increase altitude. Increase altitude. altitude. It always says it. No, I'm trying to land. Terrain alert. I know there's terrain. I'm trying to land on the terrain. Terrain alert. Pull up. I will not. I am my own person. Pull up. Terrain alert. Pull up. Terrain alert. Damn it. Landing unsuccessful. Yeah, I saw you, freaking dog! This is Just Plane Radio, Gregor Copilot, that's me along. Captain Dennison from AOPA, formerly of AOPA, the legendary Tom Haynes uh, with us to navigate the latest aviation news. We're not worthy. And We're information. Not worthy. Yes. He's uh, definitely raising the bar for our crew today, and we appreciate uh, him helping us out. As we, uh, you know, further conspiracy theories and, and find out what the heck these uh, big old balloons are floating above the U.S. are. For real. Are, are they balloons? Are they UFOs? Are they aliens from other planets? We don't know. But you know what? Pilots are going to be the uh, on the front line for this stuff. And uh, I will say, going back to uh, shooting down these uh, balloons, it seemed a little extreme. Like, they couldn't have done something more, you know, Maverick-like, more more Top Gun-like. I mean, look, they, they can uh, refuel these planes in the air, and they can't lasso a balloon? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is I that... What is the deal with that, Tom? Come on. I, I was intrigued by your idea of, of taking two of them and, and wrapping a rope around it. I was, I was thinking about the, the ability to fly formation mm-hmm. while now towing this balloon would be right. would be pretty pretty good stick skills right there. It uh, would be, be interesting to see how that played out. I know I've seen that on a Top Gun movie kind of thing, or it could have been a cartoon. <laughs> I, I think it was Star Wars. It, it could have been like a, you know Bugs Bunny, Wiley, you know, uh, Coyote type of thing. But uh, I don't know. It just seems like it would be technically possible to, you know, wrangle these things and then just, uh, you know, bring them back to Earth you know, a little easier and then they can find out what exactly they are. But I don't know. I mean, uh, they, they wouldn't be able to hide the spaceships as easy if they did it that way. Right, Dennis? Well, we're not worried about hiding the spaceships because back in the Cold War era, we actually did that to retrieve satellite capsules. Uh, there was some of the earliest... Uh, in-flight satellite imagery was the Corona project. Yeah. And the Corona would shoot a, a capsule out of it from orbit with the actual film that they had to develop on the ground because we didn't have good enough, like, video transmission and things like that. And they modified a C-119 cargo airplane to be able to fly along and literally hook the parachute uh, with a couple of ropes hanging out the baggage door type of, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really dumbing it down, but that's what they would do. They'd fly over the top of the parachute hook it, and then retreat, pull it into the cargo compartment. Right. Okay, well, so, that, know, that's we old school. That. That's yeah, a, we could but, do that. But look, I mean, look, don't we have the technology already? We, you know, they do these drones where they're protecting things like the, uh, 
you know, like the Super Bowl or, or you know, presidents and, and, and celebrities when they're out and, and about and they'll throw up these drones like the police will. And, and couldn't they just take some super drones up there and just uh, wrestle up these balloons that way? There's another well, I think, idea. See, I got I think a million you're on of the them. right path here. You know, banner towing. They got that rope. They throw out the back of a banner towing airplane to hook the banner on the ground and pick it up. Yeah. Well, we just go and attach something like that to right. a U two because the U two can get up to like sixty thousand feet, and we'll just fly around and we'll just lasso the thing. See, I'm telling you. I mean, we can deliver a pizza via drone. Surely we can go up and lasso a balloon. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but if it really becomes aliens and we have to worry about it, you know. General aviation pilots will be at the forefront. I mean, you you recall the document, documentary Independence Day, right? Correct. And, yes. you know, we've got Russell Case, who, you know, took his steerman and went to battle against the aliens. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, we can take our fleet of Bonanzas and Moonies. And <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Like, in the good old days, you know, we could fly around without any electricity, right? And so an EMP would probably not be much of an issue. But now we've got all these glass cockpits in our little airplanes. And, uh, but you we know, still sort of have appalls. magnetos. Yeah, that's true. We could still fly around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're not only on the front line <laughs> to see these things first, we'll probably be on the front line to defend uh, human defend civilization. Yes. We'll have the only engines that actually run. <laughs> right. Good point. All right. Well, uh, on a little bit more positive note, uh, less doomsday type stuff, uh, this was an interesting story that popped up in the news. I guess the the airplane or the airplane hotel is located in Bali. Is that right? Where the 747 is? Actually, it's a 737 that's uh, on a cliff in Bali, and it's being turned into a private villa. Yeah. It really looks kind of clever. I mean, I had to do something like that here in the air park. That would be a whole lot more fun than a hangar home, right? Well, you got a 737 um, hanging out somewhere that you can get (laughs) a hold of? and one not that far away up in Sebring. Yeah. I I will say, you know, the pictures of this, uh, airplane resort, I guess you could call it, or or Airbnb. I, it's a, by the way, you can rent it out for like seven grand a night. But it, it's, oh, is that all? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's located though on like a mountainous cliff there in Bali. I mean, the view is is actually quite spectacular because the wind or wing uh, extends out over a cliff, and they've already had a bunch of YouTube influencers like you know before the thing opens. Actually, I don't think it opens officially till April. Is what I read, but they've had a bunch of YouTubers show up and uh, like crash the site, pun intended, and uh, get their YouTube videos of them hanging out on the wing and going out to the very tip of the wing and, uh, you know, looking out over the cliff. And and they're like, yeah, you know, we don't really advise this. We haven't really uh, checked out what, what is safe and what is not. And maybe we ought to put up some kind of acrylic barrier so people can't go out to the end of the wing and accidentally slip off. That would probably oh, be no, bad. No, you just put a couple extra GoPros out there and record that. Well, there's that. But the, but the problem they they said they're having is that they can't find anybody that will install the wall at the end of the uh, uh, airplane wing. So even if they wanted to do that to create a little barrier or safety uh, guardrail, so to speak, uh, they can't find any uh, you know employee there in Bali that will take on the project. <laughs> So well, they need to find some of those iron workers that uh, built all the skyscrapers in New York. You've seen the pictures of those guys eating their lunch on a beam suspended from a crane. So true, that's true. what we need is those type of people. Well, but I'll tell you, if you, if you Google this, the 737 in Bali uh, that you can rent and stay in is, uh, you know, overnight and stuff. It, it is pretty impressive. I mean, they, it looks like a really high end, you know, luxury hotel just happens to be the shell of the 
the living space is this 737. But uh, it is impressive in the whole wingspan areas, like, you know, an outdoor patio over a cliff. So it is pretty cool. But any way you look at it, I think I, I would love to stay there when Dennis, uh, you know, purchases a night or two for me, you know, as a gift or something just for being a good friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually more interested in going and sitting in the hot tub that's up in where the cockpit used to be. I mean, that looks really kind of cool. It, it is. That's pretty wild. That is something. I don't know. We play the Tom Haynes card. Hey, uh, what if we brought legendary <laughs> Tom Haynes with us? Could we stay uh, stay at your resort for a few days? And uh, if you ever see me in a hot tub, uh, I think that kibosh that pretty quickly. If that was the choice, you get to stay <laughs> uh, in the resort some, free. Some things you can't unsee. Yeah, but you have to witness Tom Haynes in a hot tub. Oof. That is a tough one. That's a tough call. But, Speedo uh, or, bo- or or no, oh, or shorts. Geez. All right, we're out of time. More coming up. Thank God. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Hold on, he's flying the plane. It's an autopilot. I say these hands were takeoffs and landings. I mean, does a surgeon do the middle of an operation? Yes. You know. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis and the legendary Tom Haynes with us, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. Okay, we've been talking about this one for quite some time, and it's never really a good story. And Santa Monica Airport, another update came out uh, this last week where I, I, I don't know if this is really any new news, but it's, I guess, a little bit more official that they are definitely going to shut this airport down, what, in 2028? Is that right, Dennis? Or what? That's when their grant agreement uh, expires. They have to keep the airport open until December 31st of 2028. And then the city has the green light to close the airport. Yeah. Now, but, Tom. But it's a shame. This airport is historic. I it mean, is. This was the home of Douglas Aircraft. I mean, they built DC 3s there. 
And uh, I guess, you know, there's been some animosity with the airport even going back into the 40s and 50s because they wanted to expand the airport to be able to build the DC-8, and Santa Monica said no. So Douglas moved the factory to Long Beach, and that's why, you know, for the many years, Long Beach was the headquarters of Douglas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of history, but just over the last couple of years, when this really has uh, come to the forefront of, of them potentially shutting it down, AOPA was uh, right there in the middle of this, uh, trying to work with the FAA to make sure it wouldn't happen. But I don't know. Do you think this is uh, pretty much a done deal at this point, Tom? It's not going to change from that uh, 2028, or do you think there still could be a ace up the sleeve of the aviation yeah. industry? What do you think? Well, that date came about as a result of a deal struck between uh, the FAA and the city a number of years ago. And I remember interviewing uh, the uh, FAA Administrator, Michael Huerta, uh, literally like the day after that was uh, signed. And in talking to him about it, he was he was emphatic because obviously a lot of people were skeptical that the FAA would even hold them to the, 28, the December 28th. Uh, date and and he was emphatic and we we have definitely have it on video of him very clearly saying there is no compromise on that date hmm. it will not close sooner than that however there is no requirement that it does close on that date it's just that the city has the option of closing it at that time right so the the goal of AOPA and others involved in this NBA has been a big proponent of it as well to try to change the 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 city council to be able to to bring on board people who are more friendly to the airport and, and, and potentially extend the life of the airport even beyond 2028. That's yeah. still underway. It still could happen. We've got a number of years left uh, in that agreement. It was originally 12 years uh, mm-hmm. from 28. So we've got some time yet to do it. One of the problems is that, you know, the city is hoodwinking the entire Santa Monica community about this whole thing because they're, they're saying that, uh, yeah, we, you know, we're going to build this park, and we got all these uh, other things. No, no, no. This is about development money. The, yeah, you can't you can't develop along the beach high rises right now because of the obstacles that it would create for the airport. And so, when the airport goes away, then all of a sudden, developers now will have license to come in and buy up all that land and build high rises, just uh-huh. like they have in other parts of the coast. Mm-hmm. And and the people of Santa Monica are going to suffer from traffic and all sorts of other headaches that are going to occur as a result of great amount of development, not only on the airport property itself, but over by the coast. Yeah. Well, um, there it is. Yeah, you got to follow the money, and now absolutely. it all makes sense. Uh, yep, you know, I, I knew about this uh, argument like, oh, we need more green spaces, and we want to, you know, create the, you know, use the airport uh acreage to create a nice park for the area blah 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 I'm like well that sounds nice but that, that doesn't i've sound heard right. that story before wasn't that yeah. the excuse with the uh, migs field oh we yeah. need a park yeah how's that park working out yeah mm-hmm. really yeah yeah yes. i mean there's so, so much that the airport provides for the area and it, it is a shame but uh but politics are at play here and, uh, you know, all you can do is if you're an aviator in the area, God forbid, if you're not involved, if you're just, uh, you know, apathetic to, to what's going on politic wise around you, you, you got to get in there and you got to, you know, get your voice heard because that's the only way you're going to change the direction of this uh, situation, it looks like to me. So we will see. We will monitor accordingly. And unfortunately, it's. It's you know just it's one bad signal after another. I just don't know. I, I don't, I'm not feeling very good about this one at all. And I know you you haven't felt a, good about it for some time. Is that right, Tom? 
Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been, as, as Dennis was pointing out, it's been a challenge for decades. Um, it just would be nice if the community out there would recognize the value of the airport, not only from the historic standpoint that Dennis, Dennis was talking about, but it's also open space. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it provides um, you know visual relief through that, uh, that they have shortened the runway. Uh, as part of the deal with the FAA, they got the permission to uh, lop like 1,500 feet off the runway. So now it's only 3,000 and 3,500 feet, something like that. Right. So like jets, it's, a few jets can get in and out of there if they're light. But for the most part, they've cut out all the jet traffic, which was a lot of the noise complaints came from the jets. So now it's mostly just piston airplanes and a few turboprops. Um, so they have made a difference. It's been an improvement. And I think a lot of us are hoping that the community will, you know, sort of change its mind and recognize the value of the airport for what it is. Um, and also, of course, uh, you know, humanitarian, humanitarian issues, earthquake, that sort of thing, which uh, it's only a matter of time until there's a big one out there, just like we saw in Turkey recently. And these airports can become real centers of humanitarian relief, uh, getting supplies and people and, and gear in and out. Uh, when other means of transportation, bridges are down, highways are disrupted, railroads are disrupted, all those kind of things, airports can really become important parts of the infrastructure. Well, no doubt. Earthquakes are one thing, but when the alien invasion happens, <laughs> hey, come on, you know, you're going to want to, uh, that's going to be uh, the front line, as I said earlier, but that's a whole nother issue. Let's focus on more positive stuff. We got a, a story about a new aircraft that uh, is going to make its uh, debut. Is it at uh, Air Venture? Is what they hope to, Dennis, or what? They're hoping to have a demo of it available at uh, Air Venture, but they've actually announced this airplane a little over a year ago. And it's funny, it's uh, I. This is like the first time I've heard of it. But yeah. Sonics, you might be familiar with them. They make these uh, really boxy-looking home-built airplanes. They're also famous for this uh, the Sonics Subsonics Jet. The little single engine oh, jet right. that you yeah, can literally yeah, yeah. tow it around, uh, you know, with a little tow bar by yourself. Mm-hmm. Really cute little single seat airplane. But yeah. they are coming up with a t- uh, high wing for the first time. And I was looking at it. It's like, okay, great. So you're joining the backcountry crew, and it's actually not the case. They are focusing on making it uh, high speed, aerobatic. Uh, they're putting a cantilevered wing so it doesn't have to have any wing struts that would interfere with the door. And their decision process behind that was to make it easier for older aviators to be able to get in and out of the airplane instead of having to climb up on the wing and, you know, sit down into the cockpit. You can just literally, you know, slide your butt over onto the seat and pull your legs in and go. How about like, that? huh. You know, the pilot population's not getting any younger, so uh, this might be very attractive. Uh, but yet still, the stall speed's going to be low enough. I think they're looking at like 40, so I don't see why you couldn't possibly take this out into the backcountry. Well, maybe I mean, it's, it is a tail dragger. Does that affect uh, affect that a little bit uh, as far as backcountry landings and stuff? May actually make it a little easier because it gives really? you much more prop clearance. Um, oh well, okay. I guess for that's the unapproved, true. Uh, uh, I, you know, I saw the specs on this too, Tom. Uh, I assume you're familiar with it, and it said they expect the payload to be higher for this aircraft too. Why is that? Is that because of the high wing or just the way they're building this thing, or or can you do you know? It, well, I would I would think that uh, you know it's got more like more or less a cantilever wing, less less structure um, necessary or you know, struts and that sort of thing. They could potentially shave off some uh, weight there. I'm also reminded though that pretty much every manufacturer of a new model claims that the weight is going to ah, be something right. 
But, you know, and then when it comes out, it's actually something less than that. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I hope they're right, that it's a nice, healthy payload. Um, but, uh, you, you know, not only are pilots getting older, they tend to be getting heavier. <laughs> so good point. great to have uh, an airplane with a good payload. Yeah, well, I think uh, they got to work on the marketing uh, message. You don't want to talk about, uh, we're creating this plane for older and fatter pilots. That's <laughs> just a tagline, a tagline in there somewhere. Yeah, okay. Going to work on that one. We'll see how it comes together. I'm sure it'll be interesting to see at AirVenture. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your stewardess speaking. We regret any inconvenience the sudden cabin movement might have caused. This is due to periodic air pockets we encountered. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Airplanes, airplanes, flying all around the sky. Do you think we can take off before he gets here? Airplanes, airplanes, flying way up high. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis and the legendary Tom Haynes who uh, used to work with AOPA and still works with them quite a bit, actually, as a consultant and AKA living legend in the aviation community. Uh, this weekend, uh, you're joining your former co-workers there uh, at some event. Where is this at and what's going on? Yeah, um, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not going to be there, but the whole AOPA events team, uh, including AOPA President Mark Baker, is down at the Buckeye Air Fair uh-huh. in Buckeye, Arizona, uh, outside of Phoenix, and uh, it's really, I was there last year, and this is the kind of the first year that AOPA has partnered with them in a big way. Uh, we, we were there with a small booth last year, but uh, this year they've went all out and partnered with the Buckeye Airfare community to really bring a lot more emphasis to, emphasis to GA flying at the event. So the last I knew, there were almost 350 or so AOPA members scheduled to fly in in their airplanes. That's 350 wow. airplanes, nice. and they were expecting actually even more of, the, more of that. So a lot of activities around there. You know, uh, the, the Saturday morning here, there's supposed to be a Rusty Pilot seminar, and um, there's an exhibit hall and static display and, um, you know, air show components and, and all that sort of thing. So it's uh, it's kind of out in the country. If you've never been to Buckeye, it's a small town outside of Phoenix with a neat little airport and a lot of other things going on. There's car show. There's some military uh, equipment on site as right. well. So. So it's an event that's been going on for several years. Now uh, AOP is kind of AOPA has kind of partnered up with it, yeah, and, uh, and put it together and added uh, yeah. their element to it. So that sounds like it sounds yeah. like the aviation element's going to be kicked up a notch. Yeah, you know, we should have a, a good crowd out there. The weather this time of year is really nice, so it'll be a good time by all. I think. Yeah, you know, only thing when you said Buckeye, I'm thinking Ohio. I'm thinking it need <laughs> right. to be Ohio, but uh, but it's uh, Phoenix. That's yeah. Maybe they have them there too. I don't know. There's something about Buckeyes out there, I guess. And we'll find out what it is. Uh, you were going to go, 
but your airplane wouldn't get you there? Is that what happened, or is this a different uh, issue? That, well, uh, the uh, yeah, the, our Bonanza um, had a, had an issue en route to a meeting in Florida, and so they, they got as far as Lakeland, Florida, when they went out the next morning to start it up, and the alternator doesn't come online, so mm. um, they scrambled to... My partners who were in the airplane scrambled to work with a local shop there to find an alternator, which isn't always easy these days when you've got a lot of uh, supply chain issues and that sort of thing. But they managed to find a, an alternator and have it shipped overnight, and it was installed uh, this past week. And so they're uh, going to make uh, make their flights, continue their flights. Uh, yeah. So it should get Shelby done. But this sort of thing happens. Right. You're on, you know, you're out occasionally and something goes wrong and you have to come up with alternate means of transportation sometimes or just be flexible in your scheduling. Well, uh, so true. I mean, I've had this happen before. I was flying with Cap Med a few years ago and about halfway through a cross country we were doing. Actually, we were going down to the Sebring Expo, uh, Light Sport Expo, and uh, everything was great. But when we uh, looked, uh, started to take off, we did the run up and uh, one of the uh, pistons wasn't uh, reacting properly on the gauges. And he said, hey, we're going to have to taxi back. Uh, and take a look at this and you know sure enough we did it and it was late in the afternoon and we're, i'm like oh my gosh we're going to be stuck what are we going to do and luckily we uh there was a mechanic around there at the fbo and and they helped us out and then we got out about uh, two or three hours later after they went in there and he cleaned it out and it was just an injector was was the issue but in your case the alternator uh went kapui i mean mm-hmm. uh, so what did they do just said oh, well let's take a cab over to the international airport or something or rent a car or what i mean what was their plan b well it's good to have friends so uh another aopa member who was already down at the ah, meeting yes. in south florida um flew up in, in an airplane and picked them up About and uh, flew them back down to the meeting and meanwhile one of another aopa uh member was a staff member was uh in northern florida and actually was dropping off another airplane so he got down there and in time to pick up the airplane and fly it on down to south florida okay so, it, so you know, a, a huge network parts, it works. of friends you know yes, that's, that that helps that's what tom has above uh, dennis and i <laughs> well, I'm just glad to hear that there was uh, some other options because I do know that there's an AOPA airplane based in the Lakeland area, but I can't imagine those guys taking that little 152 down to the Keys. <laughs> well, what plane are you talking about, Dennis? What uh, do you mean? They have the the 152 Ambassador is based right. out of the Lakeland area. Oh, it is. It's Jamie Beckett. And so he's yeah, got that, uh, that yellow 152 that you see at uh, Southern okay. Fun every year. That's based like it. Uh, I don't know if it's at Lakeland or Plant Winter, City. Winter Haven. Yeah. Winter Haven. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, so what, close. was that a, a Plan C because you would only be able to take one person at a time? <laughs> yeah. <You know>, like <laughs> Maybe, shuttle them yeah. back and forth, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. That'd but, be tough. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You have the ultimate freedom, but you do have to have, you know, the flexibility uh, if things uh, go south on you. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, know what you can do and, and really i mean what's the worst case that, that could happen you rent a car i mean it's not that big or a deal call right captain dennis and have him fly up to lake well there's yeah, that. Like that yeah you could call me and what you know what i'd say rent a car rent a car <laughs> i can't really help you in the other side of things but that's the thing you got to be flexible i mean do you take that into account when you're flying in your uh mooney uh around there dennis even though i mean look the thing's uh running like a fine oiled machine these days what do you yeah, thanks, thanks again to Pinnacle on that. Yeah. But no, I, I actually do take that into account. It's like, what would happen if, and that's one of the reasons I pay for the savvy uh, breakdown assistance. So at least I have a hotline to an A&P that 
you know, I can consult with instead of being stuck on a ramp somewhere going, what do I do next? And then, you know, wind up getting fleeced or something if, you know, just taking the first available option. So uh, that's something to consider too. There are some breakdown assistant plans for, for helping out in that, but also just having your network, you know, knowing who to call and having friends doesn't right. hurt. Yeah, it doesn't. Yep. I mean, have you ever gotten stranded when you're out flying around like that yourself, Tom, in all your years of, of flying? Yeah, it's not happened very many times, but there's been a few times, you know, usually I've been able to resolve it fairly quickly. I mean, one time I remember having a, a bad spark plug, you know, which mm-hmm. doesn't like a big deal, but I had happened to throw a couple of uh, used but still okay spark plugs in the back of the airplane, and, and I was able to have somebody help me change it and, and get back on the road. Uh, it was good enough to get me home. And uh, I know lots of pilots that fly around with an extra alternator or back in the olden days, an extra vacuum pump. Or even that an sort extra of thing. magneto. Yep, there you go. Uh, really? In the back of the airplane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can find somebody with the right tools and, and get it changed on the road without too much trouble. But, you know, just in general, GA flying, you got to be flexible, not only regarding maintenance, but obviously with weather. Um, and yeah. uh, like, like the team that flew Bonanza down there. We're scheduled to leave originally on Sunday morning, and then the weather in the southeast, uh, particularly up in, in the Georgia, South Carolina area uh, on Saturday, it was supposed to be bad. This was a week ago. So they decided instead uh, to leave super early on Saturday instead of on Sunday and can, and go halfway on Saturday and, and then complete the trip on Sunday. In the end, they didn't get a chance to complete the trip because of the, uh, the mechanical issue. But um, and, you know, it's all about being flexible. And right. uh, and and having a, a schedule well, they started where exactly? They started in, where in Maryland? Well, see, at least they ended up in Florida. So yeah, worst places. Yeah, be this time that's here. better than where they started. I think depending on your perspective, right, Dennis? <laughs> well, and, and I don't want to dis- I don't want people to think it at the wrong impression that GA is going to cause you problems because, as we all know, flying the scheduled airlines right. has been no better. I mean, just yeah. look at what happened to Southwest over the holidays. So it's the old adage, uh, if you got time to spare, go by air. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, but you still got tons more flexibility to go when you want to go. And if something happens, well, you know, there's, there's workarounds. Uh, you know, you're not stranded in an airport and you're stuck and can't do anything about it. And you're at the, the mercy of the carrier. And if you're flying your own airplane, hey, you call up Dennis. Yo, Dennis. You remember me? Yeah, don't hang up. Uh, I'm stranded in Lakeland. Come pick me up in your Mooney, will you? And, of course, he'll, you, then you have the negotiation. How much money you got on you and all that kind of thing. But that's just an issue that me and Dennis that's work out. That's just you, Greg. Most people uh, will have a much easier time. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning, learning to, to fly. fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 